So I want to talk to you today about the purpose of creation. We talked about two resurrections. Then, uh, then the last week, a uh, uh, week after that, I'm sorry, we talked about one resurrection. And we gave you the comparison. But today I want to make sure you understood what I said. Let me say it again. First, I taught you, the Holy Ghost taught you, two resurrections. Then after he taught you two resurrections, taught us two resurrections, then he taught us one resurrection. Then last week, I, through the Holy Spirit, gave you God created the body of Christ. Now, today, I want to talk about the purpose of creation. Now, you got to, like I said, if, if you don't study the word or you don't get the word, what I'm giving you, you just come all the way here to one tape. You said, I don't get it. I understand you don't get it. You got to understand how you go from wisdom, knowledge to understanding. So you can't miss out on getting the wisdom and getting the knowledge, but you want to understand it. See, don't go that way. But anyway, by the Holy Ghost, he will help you to understand if you want to know. All right. So we're going to give it to you again. So I want to talk about now the purpose of creation. When you deal with the word purpose, it is God's original intention. That's what the word purpose means. When, when God gives you his purpose, he gives you his original intent. His original intention is really why he did something. So today I'm going to go into some of those things today because uh, we're going to see why God made man, why God made woman, why did he make you, why did he cre create. So I want you to write down uh, two verses of scripture. One is going to be visible and the other is going to be invisible. Let me say it again. One going to be visible and one going to be invisible. Say that with me. Say one going to be visible and one going to be invisible. Amen. Say that with me. One going to be visible and one going to be invisible. Now, how, how many know what's the definition for the word visible or what invisible? Let me, matter of fact, let me just go and show it to you. Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 while you're there. And let's look at verse 17. I'm giving you the purpose of creation. Second Corinthians chapter number 4 and verse 17. You ought to be there. For our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, worketh in us a far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. Why we look not at the things which are seen, visible, but at the things which are not seen, invisible. For the things which are seen are temporary or temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So we're looking at the purpose of creation. So we see right off the bat that one of the purposes of creation is because God wanted 
all things new. That's one of the things you need to write down. The purpose of creation, I'm giving them to you one by one. Number one, God wanted all things new. What does that mean? God wanted all things eternal. The purpose of creation. So when God created Adam, what did he create him? How long did he create Adam to live? Eternal, but it didn't happen, did it? So that's why we have Christ coming now with the new covenant because God wants all things new. He wants all things eternal. All right? So his purpose of creation is that he would have not only fellowship, but relationship. So when he created man and woman, he wanted two words. What would they call? Fellowship and relationship. Relationship is first, of course. All right. So I'm going to be giving you a bunch of things today to show you in the word, the purpose of creation. So I want to give you, uh, let, me, let me do this first. I want to give you that word eternal, and then I'm going to go into the, and show you some things. So you want to write down the word eternal, and I'm just going to give them to you. I'm not going to be able to go to them. So in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, he talked about, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So let's go back and look at Genesis. Let me show you something. In Genesis chapter number 3, if you look at the last part of the verse, you know God's purpose was Man will live forever. So that's why we're going to show you. Now, when you see God's purpose, see, a lot of people look at it and say, the, the devil got over on the Lord. You know, no, 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 you don't understand. You don't understand God's purpose. God already said, let us make man. But you got to understand, before he, the word man means soul. I always understand it. Let us make man, all right? So God created man first. The word created means invisible. Everything in Genesis is what? Invisible. So you got to understand, when God created man in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, man was not seen, man was sold. But then God, chapter 2, verse 7, God's going to form man from the dust of the earth, otherwise he's going to, put what he created in chapter 1 in what he formed in chapter 2. I'm going to follow me so far. All right. Remember, you, you are formed. You look at your physical body, you're formed, right? All right. Some people may say you look just like your mama, you like your daddy. Why? Because you are already formed. They can see your image. All right. But it's not that way in the soul realm. The soul realm is invisible. That's why when you leave this body, you would leave a visible body and you would be in a spiritual body, which is a soul, but you have another body, which is also invisible, which is Christ. How many understood what I just said? All right. See, that's what eternal life is. God takes your soul and puts your soul in Christ. You can't see Christ neither because he rose from the dead, right? You can't see your soul neither, but, but your soul right now is an atom, is in your physical body, but you can't see it. Your soul is a person. 
It's really you. Let me say it again. When the Bible says, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his own soul, it's the same as lose his own life. So that's who you are. You are the soul, the life that's in the body. All right. That's why God gave you life. All right. Now, let's, let's look at this real good. Today, we're going to get it. Say today. today. I will get it. All right. That's what you understand. So God wanted things eternal. Uh, just want to give you some scriptures. Galatians 6, 18. I'm not going to these. Galatians 6, 18, a new creation. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10, eternal glory. See, this is, these are all the things that God have now. That's what he wanted before, eternal glory. Hebrews 5, 9, eternal salvation. See, God's eternal. God chose man, created man, so man would be eternal, so he would be with God through eternity. That's why he put the tree of life in the garden. That's why I'm taking you to Genesis chapter 3, and I'm going to show you that in just a moment. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 11, eternal purpose. Ephesians 3, 11, God's eternal purpose. Romans 1 and verse number 20, God's eternal power and Godhead. See, everything that God is, is eternal. So God created man, so man will live with him eternity or eternal. So I gave you 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 and 18, eternal weight of glory. That's why you have things which are seen, they're just temporary. So God did not create you to be temporary. So see, you don't want to fall for the temporary life and then you lose out on the eternal life. Right. The physical body, you're just going to be here eternal. I mean, temporary. All right. Then you have Ephesians 2.15, God created a new man. See, everything God created is eternal, new. That's why in Hebrews 9.15, we have a new covenant. We have a New Testament. See, everything we have is new now. Uh, Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 through 5, talks about new heaven and new earth. All things new. All right. So because of that, that's why that makes that the purpose of creation. All right, so let's go to Genesis chapter 3, and let's go down and read verse 22. See, God put the tree of life in the garden, so man would choose the tree of life so he would live forever. Because that was God's purpose of creation, is to create man for fellowship and relationship and the woman, and now they would be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth, subdue and have dominion. But they were deceived. 
All right, so here we go. Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. We're going to come to your camera. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 22 says, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life, see, and eat and live forever. So that was God's purpose, man to live forever. And verse 23 said, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from which he was taken so he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. All right, so man could not get back to the tree of life because if he had eaten of that tree, he would have lived forever. So the purpose of God, creation, is for man to live forever. So that's why God came and gave a new creation. How many can see that? All right, well, let's, let's move on. Let's go now. We're going we, we're to go back and we're going to close out on what I've been trying to get you to see. Two questions that was asked. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Two questions are asked, and I want to get them both done this service. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 35. Two questions has been asked. We got to get those questions answered. Number one question, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35. We're going to do two questions. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 35. Are you there yet? All right. But some man will say, here, here we go. Here's the question. How are the dead raised up? Now, I'm going to give you something on that because I want to give you the answer. So I'm going to talk about first how the dead raised up, and after that, if we have time in this service, if not, we'll continue the next service because I want to show you, number one, how are the dead raised up? Now, my whole purpose is to show you two resurrections. And my next purpose is to show you one resurrection. And my main reason for showing you all of this is that you will know the difference between their resurrection and your resurrection. 99.9% of the people that I've talked to do not know this answer. You're going to be the 1% today. And I pray to God that, that you would not be the only ones. Because we have many TV viewers and audience out there who are going to know the answer to this question. And they're going to know all the things that we, I include myself, have been telling you was not what God was talking about. And we're going to know the difference between our resurrection and their resurrection. That's what it means to rightly divide the word of truth. All right. Now, in 1 Corinthians 15, and the way you're going to know, you have to be able to answer these two questions. Today you will know. But some man will say, how are the dead raised up? Say it with me. How are the dead raised up? All right, so you got to get this. Now, after this question is answered, then I'm going to go to the next question. I'm going to tell you what it is now so you can write it down. Leave probably about six or seven lines before you get to the next one because I'm going to give you that much or more. 
Or you can use a separate page if you, you know, you got plenty of paper, you know, you, you got more than one sheet, you know what I mean? So in verse number 35, and with what body do they come? So there were two questions. How the dead raised up, what body do they come? That's why you got to separate your message. First, we're going to deal with how the dead raised up. Now, we're going we're gonna to show it to you, and then we're going to go show it to you. We're going to make sure you get this here. First, how are the dead raised up? Go to Romans chapter 8. You hear me reading it all the time. Romans chapter 8, verse 9, 10, 11. Romans chapter 8, 9, 10, 11. So he's going to show you something, so you're going to have to understand. Paul is answering Israel's question. If my whole audience today was the house of Israel, then I'm going to tell them how were they raised up. I already told you how you were risen, but I'm going to do it again. Because I don't want you confusing your resurrection with their resurrection. Their resurrection has already passed. So you would know the answer to what I'm saying today. You would know why there have been so much confusion because there's two resurrections. And when they're talking about two resurrections, it's not yours. Your resurrection is one resurrection. Their resurrection was by faith. See, I'm giving you something to write. Our resurrection is through faith. Everything they did was by faith. Once again, let me give you what by faith is. I keep giving it to you, but you got to understand what by faith. You just can't just think you know by faith. You got to know how to recognize it in the word. When I, you go to Hebrew chapter 11, it says, Noah, by faith, build an ark for the saving of his house. By faith means he had to participate in what he believed. Let me say it again. Noah had to participate in what he believed. He just couldn't say, uh, uh, it's going to rain, Noah. Uh, I want you to save your house as many as other people that will come with you. And Noah would say, I believe that and go on and go to sleep. So when God come, wake me up. And God going to say, no, you are saved by faith. That means you got to be of the ark. Well, Abraham, I want you to enter into a relationship with me, and I want you to start a new creation in the earth. I don't have a son, no problem. You're going to get one, and it won't be by the other woman. It's going to be by faith. You're going to get one through your own wife, Sarah. See, everything they had to participate by faith. So that's why they covenant, they had faith without works were dead being alone. That's what James told you. So their faith, they had to have works. Your faith, you have no works. How many know what I'm saying now? Right, so that's why the Bible told you, Ephesians chapter 2, it told you by grace you are saved 
through faith that's not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. See, you're learning what this means. That means you don't have to do anything for your salvation. God did it all for you. All you have to do is hear it, believe it, and receive it. It's already done. But not with them. But not with them. See, even your resurrection was that way. See, if you hear resurrection through faith, hear resurrection by faith, you would understand. Let me give you a resurrection through faith. Resurrection through faith is Romans chapter 4, verse 25. You right there in Romans. Look at 425. See, some of these things I keep giving you to them, giving them to you, giving them to you, but you, you, you're not getting it. So I got to keep giving them to you. Romans 425, Jesus was delivered for our offenses. Jesus was raised from the dead for our justification or to make us right with God. So what do you do to get right with God? God did it all. See, that's how you recognize your covenant. He was raised from the dead to make you right with God. So, but let's look at it today. Romans chapter 8, will you? And verse number 9. Romans 8, verse 9 on the screen. We're going back. Come to your camera again. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 9. But you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God lives in you. That's the key. That's why I keep telling you, you got to make sure the spirit of God lives in you. I don't care what you got to do. After you did all you can do, make sure the Spirit of God lives in you. Because the Spirit of God don't live in you, you are not God's house. You can say, I go to church, I did all this other stuff, but if the Spirit of God is not in you, you are not even the spiritual alive. You're not connected to God. All right. And believe me, the number is greater than you think. Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but you are in the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but now the spirit of life is in you. Now you, it makes you right with God because of righteousness. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead lives in you. This is talking to the believer of the Old Testament. See, this is what you got to understand. He's not talking to you. If the spirit of Christ that raised up Jesus from the dead live in you, he shall also quicken Shall is the key word. Shall, future tense. Quicken your mortal body by his spirit that lives in you. So otherwise, if you die and you have the spirit in you, the spirit in you would also raise your mortal body. Do everybody understand what he's saying? All right, that's, what, that's the guarantee of the Old Testament covenant. They had to have the spirit of God in them. So when, when, when they die, the spirit of God would be, stay in there 
the, it, it was like the revelation of Samson and the honey in the rock. That just was, uh, uh, that's free, no charge on that. All right. So verse 12 said, therefore, brothers, we are dead as not to the flesh to live after the flesh. If you live after the flesh, you're going to die. But if you through the spirit do modify the deeds of the body, you shall live. So they had to take the spirit of God that's in them and live by faith. They had to do that. All right. Now let's move on. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 6.14. You and Roman, go forward. 1 Corinthians chapter 6.14. What is my question, number one? Somebody just be clear one time. Right. How is the dead raised up? All right. First Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Are you there? First Corinthians 6, 14. And God has both raised up the Lord Jesus and will. See, the key word is will. See, you're, you're reading 1 Corinthians. This is why people do not understand chapter 11 when he's talking about eating bread off the table because he's not talking to you. Corinth, if you read the first chapter of Corinth, it is to the church of God. And verse 14, and God has both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us. Talking about the church of God. By his own power, God's going to raise up us by his own power. God's going to raise up us by his own power. Well, who is he talking about? Well, let's go back and look at it. Let's go back to chapter 1. See, it's not hard to know a book. Just read it. If you got a letter today addressed to me, why, did you, why don't you just close it up? Give me my money. If when money was in it, don't worry about the Lord bless me. The Lord didn't bless you. You, you just got my letter. You know, you got a mailman who gave you my letter, my address on it, my name on it, everything on it is me, and you come to mail, your mailbox and you say, oh, God, look at the Lord, how he just blessed me. That's what people do. They found other folks' money and they said the Lord blessed them. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Well, let's see who this book is written to. Chapter 1, verse 1. That's where we are. It said, Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and so is our brother, unto the church of God. Well, how many know something about the church of God? When I go back to do Galatia, Paul said, he tried to destroy the church of God. When Paul came, when Paul got saved, where was Paul on his way to? Damascus. Where was he going to do? To destroy the church of God. They were Jews. All right, so Paul said, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, and them that are sanctified in Christ, called to be saints, with all that uh, every place called upon the name of Jesus, our, called upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. See, those people saved because they the one called upon the name of the Lord Jesus. You're not saved. So in 1 Corinthians uh, 
6.14. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. So you have to understand what the, what the book. Go to 2 Corinthians. Stop, stop in verse 1. Don't just go to where you want to go. Go find out who it was written to. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse number 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, with all the saints. So Paul wrote to the church of God. That's why people don't understand when you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, you start talking about eating the bread off the table. They said, that, see, that's what we're supposed to do. Well, God wasn't talking to you. All right, now let's, let's go to my verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14. See, we can learn something from them, but we don't forget who the book was written to. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 14. Knowing that he which raised up the Lord Jesus shall also raise up us. Both times shall raise up us. Say it with me shall raise up us. Make sure you put in your notes with you by this verse. Shall raise up us. If you don't have that, you're not going to know why I'm giving you my other notes. Shall raise up us also by Jesus. Shall raise up us by Jesus. Say it. Shall raise up us by Jesus and shall present and, sh and shall present us with you. That means that the dead and those who are alive are going to come together and God is going to present all together at one time. Shall raise us up by Jesus. So if you're waiting for Christ to come, you know what you're waiting for? For God to raise you up by Jesus. See, it's a, you're, you're totally different than what you say you believe. All right. So we're going we're gonna to give you some clarity today. All right. Now, I gave you 2 Corinthians. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm in a, Let's go to Ephesians. Let's do one more. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and 20. Then I'm going to go to... Job 19, 25 through 27. We going where first? Ephesians. Ephesians 1, 19 and 20. That's where you want to go first. Ephesians chapter 1. And verse 19 and verse 20. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 and verse 20. Talks about, I'm going to be here a while if you want to make me look good there, brother. What is the exceeding greatness of his power to us with? Who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Well, when God raised Jesus from the dead. He set him, say it with me, when God raised Jesus from the dead, he set him at his own right hand 
in heavenly places. All right. Now let me show you before I get to, see this is what, what I mean by when I keep reading Acts 26, open their eyes, turn them from darkness to light. We, we don't think he's talking to us. But in this service, light going to come on. And you're going to be like, oh, my God. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my God. All right. So look at Ephesians chapter 2 while you're there. Now, when, when God raised up Jesus, what did, he do? what did he do with him? I want to make sure you hear it. I want to make sure you know what you're saying, not just saying something. Let's go back and read it again. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 20 says, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. What did God do when he raised Christ from the dead? Set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. All right. Now watch the difference in their resurrection. In, yeah, I'm going to finish with you with theirs, but I'm going to give you a glimpse of yours. All right. Ephesians chapter 2. And verse number one, and I'm going to skip down to verse four. We read it all the time, but let's really do it today. Ephesians chapter two, verse one. And you, has he quickened who were dead in trespass and sin. So he already made you alive. That's what it means by quicken. But let's go to verse four. But God, now he showed you the other part, but I don't want, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved, loved past tenth us. Now his death on the cross is his love. He loved us. He loved us to death. All right. Now look at verse number five. Now I just showed you in chapter one and verse 20, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. That's why he set Christ. Well, let's look at chapter 2 and verse 5. Even when you were dead in sins, has he quickened us, he quickened us together, he quickened us together with Christ by grace you saved. He already quickened us together with Christ. He made us alive together with Christ. And has, past tense, raised us up together He's already raised us up together. He already made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we already raised from the dead. We already seated together in heavenly place with Christ. Christ is seated together at God's right hand. We are seated together with him in heavenly place in Christ. How many got that? Amen. Some of y'all wouldn't say amen in case I come over there and go. <laughs> See, you want to know, but you don't want to participate. People who don't know, it's because they don't participate. I'm going to teach you. I'm just telling you why. All right. So if you, you want to know, you got to participate. All right. Now, let's go to work. I'm not going to hit you, of course. All right. Now, let's show you, let's show you Job 19. So you don't fuss with the word. You just believe it. You receive it. This is the Spirit teaching you, not me. The Holy Ghost is your teacher. So when he showed you something, don't, don't talk back to him. You just don't see it. Just tell him, Lord, I don't see that. I do it all the time. I mean, I, I do it all the time. I got some things right now. I'm going like, what do that mean? Now, one day it's going to, whoop, there it is. All right, the book of Job, chapter 19, verse 25. 
This was the Old Testament way of being raised from the dead is what I'm showing you. What was the question that we asked in 1 Corinthians 15, 35? What's the first question? How the dead raised up. Can anybody right now tell me how? I gave it to Romans. Let me read Romans 8 11. If the spirits are in you, that's also in Christ, shall also quicken your mortal body by the spirit. I mean, don't you hear how you was raised up? So who raised up Jesus from the dead? The Holy Spirit. So you got to, I'm giving you the answer, but are you getting the answer? That's why you got to focus on what I'm saying to you. All right. Now, in first Corinthians, now sorry, the book of Job, chapter 19, verse 25. Are you there? Here we go. Job said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand, he shall stand, he shall stand up on the earth. He shall stand at the latter day. We know the latter day already was when Jesus came. He shall stand at the latter day up on the earth because that's the only time that Christ came. So if you're still looking for another latter day, you see you just missed it. Jesus came at the last days. This Bible right here just told you. That's why you have people called latter days. Okay. He shall stand upon the earth. And though after my skin worm destroy this body because that's exactly what's going to happen when you die. Earth to earth, ashes to ashes, and dust to dust. Your body goes back to the soil. All right? And he says, and though after my skin warm destroyed this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. That means he's going to be raised from the dead. Will you agree with that? Everybody. I mean, do you agree when somebody uh, used to be dead, now in their flesh they can see God when you think they've been raised from the dead? All right. So let me go on, Rebel. Let me go on. <laughs> and though after my skin warm destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I, shall I see God. So he's, his soul still saying he's going to see God. Verse 27 says, whom I shall see for myself when I rise from the dead. Every eye shall see him. I shall see him for myself. My eyes shall behold him and not another. Though my reign, my soul, my reign be consumed within me. All right, let's go to Hosea 13, 14. Hosea chapter 13, verse 14. Hosea always after Daniel. Daniel's always after Ezekiel, right? You got all those in line. After Daniel, you got... Hosea. And I said Hosea chapter what? 13, 14. Right. Hosea chapter 13 and verse 14. See, this is Old Testament. Are you there? Here we go. I will ransom them. I mean, the word called them redeem. I know my redeemer lived, I just showed you. I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them. Did you? I know my redeemer living. I will redeem them from death. Let me see. Have you heard this verse before? Oh, death, I will be thy plague. Oh, grave, 
I will be thy destruction. Do that come to mind with anybody? Amen. Amen. Mean what verse? <laughs> First Corinthians chapter fifteen. See, all right. Oh, grave. That's the last thing in First Corinthians fifteen. You will see. It's going to say, Oh, death. Where is thy plague? Oh, grave. Where is thy destruction? Repentance shall be hid from my eyes. See, you got, you got the Bible already telling you, I will ransom them from the power of the grave. I will redeem them from death. Oh, death, I will be your plague. Oh, grave, I will be your destruction. Repentance shall be hid from my eye. So he's talking about his people that are dead. He will come and redeem them. He will get them out of the ground, get them out of the grave. Everybody, do everybody understand that? Isaiah chapter number five. This last one, I'm going to move on. 2619. Isaiah 2619. Got it back up. Isaiah 2619. I got to leave equal opportunity for my last one. Isaiah chapter 26 and verse number 19. Thy dead men shall live. See, he's talking about those that believeth in him. If he that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Remember Jesus said that? All right, thy dead, thy dead men shall live. He's still talking about people who's in the ground. They are dead. They shall live. They shall live together, watch this, with my dead body. Thy dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise. Let me say it again. Thy dead men shall live together. That word man is souls. Man is soul, men is souls. Thy dead souls shall live together with my dead body. Shall they arise? Well, who would that be? I'm going to show it to you. That's us. Because that's how you were made alive. You were risen with Christ. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. If you be risen with Christ. Thy dead souls shall live together with my dead body. Shall they arise? With my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, you that dwell in the dust, and thy dew as the dew of the earth, and the earth shall cast out her dead. Come, my people, next verse Israel. Come, my people, enter into your chambers. Shut thy doors about thee. Hide yourself as it was for a little moment until the indignation be passed. Now we know what the indignation meant. When you see this sit in the temple, you know that it's at hand. For behold, I the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth shall be disclosed, shall disclose her blood and shall no more cover her slain. So what happened that, that he raised the dead? But we were risen with Christ when Christ rose from the dead. He is called the first fruits. Let's go show you that in 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. Let's start there. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20. But now... But now, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20. Just want to make sure you find the screen. We want to make sure we show them the scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead. 
1 Corinthians 15 and verse 20. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. Wherever you find it, just put it up there and just catch up your own time, okay? But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits with an S of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Go back and read verse 20 again. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them which that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all died, so in Christ shall all be made alive. Well, when did God make you alive? Go to John chapter number 12. I need to take some of y'all down south with me. But I'm quite sure most people know about Plant the seed. They taught you that in school. First Corinthians chapter 12. I'm sorry, John chapter 12. We're going to start reading verse 20. John 12 and 20. And there were certain Greeks. The gospel of John chapter 20. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. Now what was going on here? The Greeks came to worship. Wait a minute, John, John 4 told us God the Spirit, verse 24, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So when the, when the Greek came to worship, Greeks were Gentile, and Jew, Gentile could not come in the temple. But they wanted to worship him, so now the only way they're going to worship him, he's going to have to die. Because they come in that temple, it's probably going to be the same way. And there were certain Greeks among them that came to worship, came to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was at Bethsaida and Galilee, and desired him, said, Sir, we will see Jesus. Philip came and told Andrew and said, and Andrew told Philip, and Philip went and told Andrew went and told Philip, and Philip told Jesus, and Jesus says, Now they were Greeks, they come to worship me. Well, I gotta die, because they come up in here. They're going to die. <laughs> Amen. The hour has come that the Son of God shall be glorified. He's talking about dying. Son of man, not Son of God, I'm sorry. Son of God can't die. Son of man had to die. The hour has come that the Son of man should be glorified. Verily I say to you, except a corn of wheat, here it is, a corn of wheat falling to the ground and die is going to abide alone. But if it dies, it's going to bring forth much fruit. Christ was that corn of wheat. He know if he would die, he's going to bring forth much fruit. That's why he's called the first fruits of them that slept. All right. Now let's go on because I got something to show you. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter... I, want to, I can't do all this, but let me give you a little bit. Ezekiel chapter 11. 37, I'm sorry. Ezekiel 37. Now, all I read to you was a fulfillment of Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37 was the prophecy of Ezekiel how Israel would rise from the dead. That's why it says, how will the dead rise? Next, I'm going to show you what body. How did they rise? Ezekiel chapter 37 
He asked Ezekiel, verse number 30, verse 3. Ezekiel 37 and verse 3. Remember, that's what Ezekiel said. God just asked Ezekiel. Ezekiel said, he said to him, son of man, can these bones live? How are the dead raised up? What body did they come? He said, oh Lord, thou knowest. Thou knowest. <laughs> and again, he said, prophesy. How are they going to rise from the dead? Prophesy. Why did Jesus come preaching the gospel of the kingdom to Israel? So they can rise from the dead. Prophesy, son of man. He is the fulfillment of Ezekiel. Let me say it again. The son of man is the fulfillment of Ezekiel. And he said, prophesy unto these bones and say to them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to come in into you, and you shall live. I will lay sin you up on you and bring, your, bring up on your flesh and cover your skin. I'm going to put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was noise. Behold, a shaking. Bones came together, bone to bone. Then he said in verse 8, And when I beheld, lo, sinew and flesh came upon them, and the skin covered their bone, and there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the wind. So prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come forth the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain, and they shall live. How how, how the Holy Spirit is your answer. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Breath, breath came into them and they lived and they stood upon their feet an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel, 144,000. All right, now you can read the rest of it. I'm not going to. I'm not going to have to go through that. You can read the rest of it. I got, I got to get you a little bit of 1 Corinthians 13, 35. 15, 35. Your next question is, what body do they come? What body? 1 Corinthians chapter 30, chapter 15, verse 35. Let's go back there quickly. We're going to take the next eight minutes and do what body? 1 Corinthians chapter, did you get the first part? How the dead raised. Come on now, you got this, come on. Let me write it down one time by the Holy Ghost. Just write it down, get over it. Hallelujah. Come on now, how the dead raised? Now, come on, just write that down one time. By the Holy Ghost. All this other stuff you're doing, you ain't got to do that. Just by the Holy Ghost. If you don't get nothing, by the Holy Ghost. All right. Now, but that's what's in you. Because they was raised by the Holy Ghost. They was raised by Jesus, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14. That's not how you were raised. Whew. Here we go, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And let's go back to verse 35. Let me see who can see the difference. The first one see, the, see, the, see it, they would get some thick Newton cookies. <laughs> Do not give out my thick Newton cookies, you guys. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 35. Here they go. But some man will say, number one, how the dead raise up. If I ask you how the dead raise up, your question would be? By the Holy Ghost. Come on, give yourself a hand. I think you got it. 
I know you got it. All right. Now the last question is what? In what body do they come? Say it with me. What body do they come? Now Paul, after Paul answered that question, he said, thou fool. Now why did he say that? Because he's talking to farmers. So let's listen, right? He says, thou fool. We're going to come to your camera there. He called them a fool. Why? Because he's talking to them as farmers. He said, that which thou sowest, watch, watch his words, that which thou sowest. So when a person die, they take him and put him in the ground. Thou sowest. How many heard what I said? Uh, that which thou sowest, that body that thou sowest, is not quicker except it die. So they was, not a made, they was not made alive unless they died. Now you ought to be getting a little feeling on you right now because you've been made alive and you still, you, you've been quicker made alive and you, you ain't dead. You don't let you know they ain't your stuff. Let me say it again. Thou fool, that which thou sowest is not made alive except it die. And that which thou sowest, thou sowest not that body that shall be, but you just sowing the grain, just like you plant grain. It may chance a wheat or some other grain, but God, giving it a body it as it has, that's Christ, the only body that pleased, Christ, pleased him was Christ. God going to give them the body of Christ. God going to give them a body like Christ. Say, God going to give them a body like Christ. Now, 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 to give you the answer like that, when I tell you things, I'm telling you what the words say. I don't, I don't talk stuff. I don't go out here and say something that I think that's right. I know what I be talking about. I'm giving it to you in the word. Look at 1 John chapter 3. Come right back. Stay right there at 1 Corinthians. 1 John chapter 3. Beloved, see, God promised them a body like his body. <laughs> you ever get this, you're going to shout yourself. You never shout it. When you get this, you're going to shout. Let me say it again. When you get this, whenever you hit and wherever you are, you're going to shout. Here we go. But God give it to the body as it hath pleased him to every seed his own body. And I said, that ain't us. Here we go. It was them. Watch this. Behold what man I love. This is John writing to the Jews, the church of God. Beloved, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called sons of God. Therefore the world knows us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Put down there, we shall be like him. I dare you to put down there, we shall I said, we shall be like him. I said, he, we shall be like him. 
when you get this, you're going to shout. Asa, when you get this, sister, you're going to shout. They were like him. Said they were like him. Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying not to shout. Okay, they shall be like him. We shall be like him. Say it one more time before I, I can move on. We should be like him. They're going to be like him. Okay, I give you some more of that the next service. I don't have no time to play with that right now. But they're going to be like him. I'm going to have to cut off right there and give you my high point so I can really get into the next service. I said they shall, we shall be like him. They says we shall be like him. Let's go to John. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12 while you're there. And let's look at verse 27. Oh, my God. God showed me this stuff. It keeps me up all night. Didn't get no sleep last night. Saturday night. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. They going to be like him. When they see him, they're going to be like him. I'm going to give you three verses just like this. Bam, bam, bam. Let me tell you the difference. Let me see you know the difference. You're in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Hold your hand right there. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're going to give you three. Write them down. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17. Just write them down. 1 Corinthians 3, 16, 17. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 19 and 20. And then we're going to close out at 1 Corinthians 12, 27. We got to do it quickly. Are you there? They're going to be like him. <laughs> My God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, are you there yet? 16 and 17. I just want the stream. They don't have it in here. Make sure you got it back there. Verse 16 says, no, you're not that you are. They're going to be like him, but you are. God, if you ever get it, if you ever get it, they like him, but you are. <laughs> I said they, they like him, but you are the body. They're going to be like him, but you are the body. If you ever get it, you're going to shout somewhere down in your life. Know ye not that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God lives in you. If any man, I don't want that any man stuff. Let's go to chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. When they see him, they shall be like him. But 1 Corinthians 6, 19 said, what? No, you're not that your body is. You are the temple of God. And the Holy Ghost lives in you. Let's go over there, 1 Corinthians 12. When you see him, you're going to be like him. That's why he told the Jews. I'm going to raise you up a body to be just like him. But it's not you. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27, I'm waiting on my screen. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, there it is. Now, you are the body of Christ. You're not like him. Some of y'all ain't caught on yet. 
Whenever you catch on, stand upon your feet. Whenever you catch on, stand on your feet. You not like him. See, you got to understand you were dealing with the husband and the wife. That's why I told you to take the last few tapes and study them, but you did all heard that I got that. No, 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 no. You did it with Christ and the church. They are the church. Israel is the church. That's why I told you, Paul came and tried to destroy the church of God, the woman. You are the body of Christ. See, if I was on this side, I put the church of God over here, and I put the body of Christ over here. Now you like them, but you not them. Because you are the woman. And the woman is like the man. Mm -hmm. But the woman ain't the man. See, the body is the body of Christ. You are members of his body. You're bones of his bone. You're flesh of his flesh. Over here, over here, you are the woman. You are the body of Christ. That's why you had a new creation, which you had a new heaven and a new earth. That's why you had both. You had a new man and you had a new woman. So that's why you got to understand that the woman now is called the New Jerusalem. As a matter of fact, when you read Isaiah 65 and 66, they'll tell you that Jerusalem is my people. You are like him. The woman is like the man. Sister Crump, can you come up? Because I can't get it over. I, I can't, just can't get it over. When God created... When God created Adam, with your keys? Just, just give them to me. Hold, hold, honey, honey, I'm still on tape. I'm still teaching, okay? When God created Adam and Eve, she is like Adam. As a matter of fact, he called them both Adam. So he had to take what's in Adam and make her. That's how she got here. And when he saw her, he said, this is not bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She should be called woman. And they too are one. They're one flesh. See, you are bones of his bones. You flesh of his flesh. You are the body of Christ. You are, I can't say it enough, you are the body of Christ. You are the body of the man. See, you're the church of God. You are the body of the man, but you are the body of, you are the church. You are Christ, I'm sorry. You are Christ. See, when the Bible says you are the body of Christ, that means you are members. 
You take all of you together to make up Christ. It takes every person in this world who's a believer in Christ to make up one man. See, God making one man. Ephesians 2.15, one man. All of us are just members of one body. But over here, Church of God is the woman. Over here is Christ. She's the church. So what did God do? He promised to come back and get his woman. That's why he sent Moses. And that's why she couldn't walk in no water. She had to go cross on, on dry land. Where every time she gets somewhere and she couldn't handle it, God said, Moses, you got the rod. That's the rod of God. That's this man. You got him with you. Just stretch out your... Because you're going to represent God to Pharaoh and when you stretch out your rod, your woman will go on cross. Come on here. They got to a place where they couldn't go into the promised land and what did God do? Everything they needed in there, God took care of his woman. So you got to understand that's who the church of God is. And you got to understand you're different. You're the body of Christ. You did good for the first time. Come on, clap your hands. I'm not done. I give you the other half of the next service. But you're going you're to see it so plainly. You were over here, you was risen with Christ. The same day at the same time. You sit together with Christ. See, when you get down to Revelation chapter 21, you're going to be so, it's going to be like, oh my God. You go back and study the wedding. There were guests at the wedding. Then there was the bride at the wedding. And then there was a the man. So God bringing together you and you together. You like him. That's what he did in the beginning. That's where he started off. Started off with, with, with Adam and Eve. He ended with Adam and Eve. The man and the woman. Come on, clap your hands. I'm done. First Corinthians chapter 15. More of any man being Christ. I'm sorry. Brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which also you have received, and where you stand by, which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach to you, unless you have believed in vain, I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how Christ died for our sins according to the scripture, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scripture. That's why you have to believe in Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. And I'm going to show you that the next service, because everything that happened to him, you are believing that is, you are receiving that also. It is what you say when you want to be joined together at a marriage ceremony. First Corinthians 15 is a marriage ceremony. I'm saying, I'm saying, I confess with my mouth. No, I'm saying, I believe in my heart, God raised Jesus from the dead. I believe Christ died for me. That is the marriage vows of the new covenant for the husband and the wife in Christ.
Christ died for my sins. I'm saying I believe that. He was buried. I'm, I'm believing that. That's, I'm partaking of everything that he has. I am now the body of Christ. I am now bones of his bones and flesh of his flesh. Christ died for my sins. He's buried in my place. Now he's already risen again for me. Everything he has done, he has done for me. So now by grace, I'm saved through faith, not of myself. It's the gift of God. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open. It's open. It's open. It's open for you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.